0: Christopher.
1: Another week, another episode. What's going on, Jason?
0: Another day, another dollar.
1: Yeah? You made a whole dollar today?
0: Dude, probably. (laughs) Probably. No, I ate lunch out and I spent money.
1: Oh, yeah. You're negative dollars today. I'm
0: negative. I also deleted all my sound effects because...
1: Oh, man. I was looking forward to which weird ones are going to hit today.
0: I didn't have enough prep time. So next week I'll be back with with bumping
1: sounds. (laughs) It takes time to find weird things on the internet, doesn't it? (laughs)
0: Quality weird things. (laughs) Uh, So we had last week when we finished, we said we'd do Ruby trivia or have a guest this week. And our guest for next week, I was uh, talking to her and she was like, yeah, I'll be there on the 14th. And I was like, great. And for some reason, I thought that was today. So, like, I didn't plan any Ruby trivia. And then she was like, no, remember, it's next week. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. So, (laughs) we're doing neither of those things today. But I think we've compiled a list of good things to chat about.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But before we do that, how's your week?
1: Oh, my week's been long. I've been doing uh, accounting things. QuickBooks, PayPal, and stuff. Not my favorite. Not fun when uh, QuickBooks randomly just doesn't import. You know, four transactions here and five over there, and you're reconciling things, and things are just straight up missing. It's uh, it's kind of the worst thing in the world. So,
0: do you have it like export from Stripe into QuickBooks?
1: Um, no, not. For Stripe I have it just uh uh deposit the or it keeps track of the uh, bank deposits and then at the end of the year you add an adjustment into your register to include the uh like fees that you had paid as an expense. Um okay. even, even though they're not included, you wanna you wanna include those fees as revenue as well. Because that's technically what you got as revenue, you just didn't see it in your bank account. And then you want to have them same amount marked as fees, so that uh, you have more expenses on your and you're more accurate in your accounting. And then PayPal integration does that automatically and it includes a line for your sale and then a line for the fee. But I don't know why there's just transactions missing. And then I go to like reconnect the PayPal thing or to change the settings and maybe rerun it and see if it'll find the missing ones. But of course um, that just doesn't do anything. It has me like try and reconnect and then it gives me an error that I've already connected when I click on settings. So, you know, clearly uh, some pretty bad software right there.
0: <laughs> I got an email from, I do my taxes with TurboTax um, because TurboTax. the one year, like I used an accountant like everything got messed up well, and so yeah. uh, i have two entities i guess i have like my side income which basically stopped when i took the podia job because i stopped doing consulting
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: southeast ruby like it's an lc but it just passes down to me right and so uh i literally just i got an email from terror texas like you want to start your taxes and i was like yep so I started them and like put all my numbers in like it's set for, what I'm going to make this month. Like I have my paycheck and like, I feel good about that. Hopefully when January rolls around, I can just hit file.
1: Man, that's nice. Yeah. I wish mine were that easy, but they do won't. you,
0: uh, so for like your, you have, so I don't know why we're getting into this, but why, why not? So, uh, like you have individual subscribers. Do you in QuickBooks treat those as individual invoices or do you just like from Stripe? Say this is the lump sum that I made.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm doing with Stripe is just the lump sum thing, but the PayPal integration is individual. So, um, the Stripe stuff's pretty manageable. You just check and see, do the numbers every day? Cause they only do one deposit per day. Mm-hmm. It makes it easy. So then you're like, okay, this number matches the number in my bank account. Easy. Then your PayPal stuff is literally every single person recorded twice because you get the fee included in there along with what you made. So that is, you know, many records per day, which ends up being quite uh, bare to go through and just read through these lines. And you're getting cross eyed as you're trying to match them up. And then you get to one that's missing and you're like, you know, why is this month off? by $57 and whatever. That's weird. It's so annoying. It makes me just want to, you know, go start a freaking accounting software business. (laughs) I just don't have time for it. (laughs) I
0: got down, um, to my expenses for like my side business air quotes. And I was only off by like $15 in what, QuickBooks said and like what my like record keeping matched up to. And I was pretty happy with that.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, not my favorite thing to do, but it's also one of those things too. That's like, you know, it costs so much to have someone do all this for you. So it's like, I don't really want to do that either, but at a point, I guess it becomes worth your, your money to have someone else deal with it. So, I don't know. Um,
0: I actually really like doing it. I don't know why. I've always like organized I consider that like kind of like an organization project. Uh huh. That's like right up my like OCD alley. I really like it.
1: Nice. Yeah, I can mean, I see that. I would rather spend my time, you know, doing that on code instead of.
0: Sure. Know, it's writing. not. It's like a break from code for me.
1: Yeah, that's a great um, point. The like other that.
0: thing that's like i kind of like gamify it so like i always put in my income first like that's how they walk you through it anyway but like for southeast ruby like since that is considered like just uh side income for me like i put the total amount i made in and then just watch it be like you owe huge amounts of dollars and then enter in all the expenses because you know made hardly anything on it and so they just come down and then eventually it like goes over to the green. Oh, so much fun. Oh
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how we got on that. Um,
1: no, I think I think it's interesting if anybody is uh you know, consulting or thought about consulting or starting their own, you know, little SaaS product. It's one of those pieces of building a business or whatever that you don't think about super often. Normally, you're worried about, can I make any money, period? <laughs> yeah. That's like problem number one. This is problem number two. Yeah. Or maybe many down the chain, depending on your business.
0: <laughs> um, Cool. Well, I guess we'll jump in. Uh, Ruby 2.6, RC1 out.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about that. I, I love just looking forward to the Christmas release of a new Ruby, Ruby version every year. I don't know what it is. I just know that it's coming every year and I'm like, Hey, it's like a little present. It's you like know? when
0: you were a kid and you'd wake up early for Santa Claus.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you wake up early for Matt's now.
0: <laughs> no, no, I don't wake up early for it. Well, I do now cause I have kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true.
0: They'll, they'll be open in their presents, and I'll be open in my computer.
1: Weren't you, weren't we recently talking about, um, Matt's retiring.
0: Yeah, we talked about that two episodes ago, maybe.
1: Yeah, it still seems so strange to me. You know, thinking about the sort of creator of Ruby leaving Ruby.
0: It sounds so far away, but at the same time, it's not really that far away. Like, it's less than 10 years, like from his, like, ballpark number he threw out, which was like 2025, I think.
1: Yeah, that's so fascinating. I'm curious to see how that stuff begins to transition as we go. Um, Cause like bundler and I mean, uh, Yehuda used to work on a lot of rail stuff and we've seen people transition in and out of the community a lot over the past years. So it's interesting to see something that big, you know, imagine DHH passing on Ruby to some other primary maintainer. That'd be fascinating. Yeah. I,
0: that's really fascinating to think about. I don't really want to speculate that because that would be like a whole conspiracy episode, like of what ifs. Uh, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's fascinating to think about.
1: Yeah. It's like what, you know, what are the things you have to worry about at that level? Um, you know, cause you want to keep the philosophy going. That's probably the main concern. These creators would have is, can I find someone to replace me that has the same, or very similar philosophy, because that was the whole reason that those things became popular in the first place. You know,
0: yeah. And it's like you're not unlike selling a business. Like there's no financial gain in giving it up, right? Like you mm-hmm. just
1: right. Like it's purely a um, it's it's a thing you want to pass down. Your like passed down in history and time and you just don't want it to get lost you know
0: kind of like how anxiety has been passed down in my family
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: just don't want to lose it (laughs) no i do oh i've had a horrible week with it yeah but we can talk about that another time uh uh not rails ruby 26 rc1 just in time compiler. Have you messed with it at all?
1: I have not. Um, you were saying that it was still slow. Well, I haven't used it. the The
0: Reddit have said like this person did a benchmark with like test, um, which may not be like the most accurate representation, and they even say that. But I think it was like just like a regular like Ruby application was like eight percent faster than two five one. I'm sorry their rails application was 8% faster than two five one without JIT. And then when they turned JIT on, it was like 24% slower.
1: Mm, Yeah. yeah.
0: And then somebody commented, it was like, really? I thought it'd be slower than that. So like, (laughs) yeah, I, I have on my list of people. I want to bring on, uh, someone who I think is really like, Really well versed in all that. And he spoke at Southeast Ruby. So we should ask him on and just pick his yeah. brain about
1: yeah. the chip. Um On the release, it says 2.6 RC1 achieved 1.7 times faster performance than Ruby 2.5 on um, CPU intensive, non trivial benchmark workload called OptCarrot. I don't know what OptCarrot does, it's an NES um, emulator. Oh, okay. That's cool. Because um, see, I guess the big thing with the difference between Ruby is like, or, or like this is this is a thing that's um, as a, it's like CPU intensive, whereas like your Rails applications are IO bound a lot. You know, they're waiting for your database and, you know, they're waiting for HTTP requests to come in. So, um, you know, this may be faster at, um that stuff but then also it sounds like memory intensive workloads like rails are the thing that are still slow but right. cpu intensive stuff are faster which is interesting yeah a so person,
0: cool. a person like who would be really interested in like to talk to about memory would be like aaron patterson
1: uh huh yeah
0: i would love to just like talk memory with him uh, another another thing i think i read I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, I think Truffle Ruby. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, didn't they hit 1.0 or something? Yeah, they're like
0: 1.0 release candidate. High number, I think. Let's see, release is release candidate 10 is a pre-release, and that was what's the date on that? Two days ago. So that's right. Cool. Um, so for those listening who don't know what Truffle Ruby is, it's Ruby that runs on grail. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. It's I don't grail know.
1: VM, no. graal. GraalVM. graal VM.
0: And it's supposed to like, uh, Chris Seaton works on it and he would be another fascinating person to talk to about it. But like, it- haven't,
1: they said, haven't they said that they are capable of running, um, rails now
0: with it they are they're having trouble still i think with nokagiri and one other one okay which is kind of like
1: kind of important
0: yeah and once again on the the reddits where i get all my knowledge uh somebody was like i know they're working on these things so i don't want to like keep asking them every time they release a release candidate like they'll they'll tell us when it works
1: yeah Man, I'm excited that that'll be fantastic too.
0: It's supposed to be like insane speed up.
1: Yeah. Well, it's built on jaw Well, I don't know what girl VM was like a JVM thing, right? Yeah. It's, um, cause we've seen other things like, I forget what the, I, I always forget the names of the other ones, but like Ruby MRI is always like the worst that you could run, um, you know, if you're doing multi-process stuff or whatever, like, you know, using something like JRuby and gives you real threads and real processes and, you know, a lot better uh, concurrency or whatever. I, I don't know all the details of the different ones because I normally just stick with MRI and I think a lot of people do. Um,
0: yeah. I've always wanted to use JRuby. I'm like really fascinated by that project, but I've never, other than like firing up in development, I've never put a production JRuby Rails app in the world.
1: Yeah. And there's like, you know, Rubinius and a few others too. Um, And I can never remember those names either, but uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see these come out. And then, you know, Ruby three, was when, when is Ruby 3 slated for release? Like 2020,
0: 20, I think.
1: 2020, really? I thought it felt like it was longer out than that, but that's probably about right.
0: No. So Matt's talked at uh, RubyConf in his keynote. I think he said his goal is 2020. And then, like, the. The phase after that I think is where he's like trying to not do any of the development of three on to see how it goes.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Man, yeah. that would have been a really good time to have my law and order sound effect. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, speaking of kind of speaking of rails five, two, two came out.
1: Yeah. And there, what was the deal with five, two? What, what was it? Five, two. 1.
0: It was like 5211.
1: There was like Rails 52 had a regression or something in that security release or whatever. I can't remember exactly. But it it came out and then it was like, uh, yeah, we're going to release another one pretty much right away.
0: This is uh supposedly the first release of a Rails like version that uses like a change log for the whole project. So you don't have to go to each like active support, active model, active record. Oh, and okay. You but can just go to the release on the like rails. Uh, Oh
1: yeah. GitHub. They got them all on the releases page. Yeah. yeah it's just nice because that was always my thing. you know, I'll just click and open up seven tabs and look at the change log for each of these independently.
0: <laughs> uh, Olivier, I think he runs keepachangelog.com, maybe. Yeah, create and maintain. Uh, I wonder, I imagine he might have had something to do with that. But
1: Cool. Yeah. Uh, I
0: don't see anything, like, overtly exciting.
1: Um, I couldn't. Yeah, this looks like just extra fixes and, you know, little small things here and there the one before that was actually a security release, right? Right. And that was, Um, what was that issue? It was, um, a rails five. Yeah. Active job vulnerability. And then rails five to, uh, had a active storage vulnerability. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you've already been hacked.
0: <laughs> Every like side project that I use Active Storage on hasn't ever released. So, <laughs> <laughs> have fun with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, anybody using those should make sure to get up to the latest uh, Rails versions, even if you're on 4- 4.2. There's still a patch up there for you for security fixes for the active job stuff. So,
0: do you use Active Job or you use like Sidekick directly?
1: Um, well, I generally I, I use both, right? So um, I generally, if I don't super care about performance, um, I'll just use Active Job, and I use Active Job regardless because uh, every gem that uses Active Job, like devise to send emails or whatever, um, you might as well just have Sidekick connected to Active Job. But um, if you're doing a lot, a lot of jobs, it's actually like, we read somewhere it was like 25% slower to go through active job to run a sidekick job. I think that's
0: actually like in the sidekick documentation.
1: I think so. Yeah, that may be it. Um, But yeah, so I've started to, for the jobs that I care about performance, I've started to actually just write them as sidekick jobs themselves. Um, But I always wire up. Um, active job to sidekick because anything that wants to use you know standard deliver later in action mailer or anything else that might be act, active jobs is it is just such a good um, api for libraries to implement to you know drop in a gem so that they automatically have that functionality that i'm gonna always wire that up too so i'm going to use both um, and that's that's been working out pretty well it's just once in a while, as long as you know it was a job that you wrote, um, you have to remember to use the Sidekick format for it instead of the Active Job, you know, method to call it. That's the only weird thing about that.
0: Yeah, and like with Active Job, you can like give it an object and it converts it to global ID. Mm-hmm. Where I think like with Sidekick directly, does it doesn't do that right? Like you actually have to just give it yeah like a, a raw value and then like look it up in the job if it's a database record.
1: Yeah, it's JSON, like, serialized or whatever. You can also pass in, I guess, the global ID, like signed ID or whatever. Yeah, I guess you could do that. But, but I think it's just, the it, it effectively ends up being the exact same thing as saying, you know, here, I'll give you the ID, you look it up from the database. So I don't know that it's significantly different because the nice part about ActiveJob is it pulls it back out later and, you know, verifies that, it exists or whatever for you, so you don't, you don't have to do that. But yeah, because I, uh, Sidekick just sends the data directly to Redis and serializes it, so you don't you don't get the benefit of um, global ID or anything like that.
0: Another thing that we didn't talk about last week that I didn't realize we didn't talk about to after the show. Uh, so AWS. Lambda now supports Ruby and this mm. would be like a great place to have like a cheering sound. Cause like though I don't expect to like just give up everything and like go serverless, I wanted to experiment with it. And like I don't I don't mind using like Node or something for it, but it's like, man, this would be great if I could just like write this in Ruby.
1: Yeah. There um so have you seen Ruby on jets? No. So Ruby on Jets. I don't know when they started development on this, um, but it's a, a Ruby serverless framework that has scaffolds. It has jobs. It has whoa. The API is, is awesome. pretty much the API. Pretty much is exactly like what you see in Rails, um, and it'll run on Lambda and stuff. And it looks like they even have some screencasts too. So that's something to look into if you want to fiddle with it because it is. Um, it got announced like a couple of days after the AWS announcement and so i i don't know if they almost had to have been working on this ahead of time or something it was too too quick of a release otherwise this is awesome yeah it's pretty cool um and you know depending on what your uh free tier is on AWS or wherever you want to go serverless, like you um, potentially can run your app for pretty darn cheap on there. Um, You'll probably still need a database somewhere and whatever, but uh, it's a cool option for sure.
0: So I'm trying to, okay. It will actually, like you say, jets deploy, and I guess it'll cloud formation stack. Okay,
1: that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, and yeah it, looks like it already has integration for that. So, that's really cool. Yeah, it'll be something we'll have to check out at some point.
0: Um, cool. The I have I have a few more things. Probably a quick week. Yeah, twenty-four minutes. Um, for all you non-vimmers like myself.
1: Boo!
0: Sh- oh, get out of here. Um, I use VS code and recently I started using two machines. I have a desktop now and then like a MacBook air and there's this plugin that sounds like so ridiculous, but it's so great. It's it's just code setting sync and it syncs all of my like extensions and themes and everything. So like I just go to my other computer and hit like shift command like D or something like that for download and it just sets up my VS Code environment and it is wonderful.
1: Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, You don't have to make your dot files repository and you know maintain all that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like it relies on like GitHub gist, I think. So like
1: Do you have to have an account or something? Where does that? Like, how does it know which one to download?
0: Um, it actually asks you for, like, you authenticate with GitHub with it, and then uh, okay, give it the – is it gist or gist?
1: Gist. Yeah, cool. GIF or GIF?
0: Yeah, I guess that's why I'm all tripped up here. You just give it, like, the ID to the file it generates. Um,
1: yeah, okay, that's but, cool.
0: But that's quick shout-out, whoever made that, because that's, like, one of the things – I was worried about having two machines and so far so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a dot files repo on GitHub that I keep, um, you know, all my configs in. And then if I modify it on one and just get pull on the other machine and I've sim my files. So then, you know, I get the, the new version of that pretty much automatically, which is, it comes in handy. So it's kind of similar concept they just like automated it inside of vs code it sounds like which is pretty sweet
0: yeah it's nice um for us us on uh what's the word i'm looking for enlightened people (laughs) yeah every time i try vim i like give up after like the longest I've made it's five days. And then I went back to like, I was using sublime at the time and I went back and I was trying to do Vim codes in sublime. And I was like, I know like sublime has a Vim mode, but I was like, no, I'm just done with it. But I kept trying to do it. And I just had colons all over my code.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, when you go back and forth between stuff like that, or even programming languages, do you end up like making a bunch of typos all the time? Cause you're used to, One thing at that point,
0: yeah. The last time I tried to try like use Vim was when I was like recently, like two weeks behind on a project, and worst time. It it was awful. I was like, no, like finally, I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like,
1: you you need when when you're like two weeks ahead on a project, (laughs) start Vim, not when you're behind.
0: Maybe like during Christmas break, all try it again
1: yeah there you go it'll be your christmas gift to yourself
0: (laughs) yeah it'd be i would like to say that it would be like cheaper than buying like a physical gift but it'll cost me so much time and
1: it'll be more expensive yeah
0: (laughs) it'd be better like just buying a bottle of like whiskey um (laughs)
1: last
0: thing we'll chat about uh, you, you released something into the world today. And I think,
1: yeah, just before we recorded, actually, um, think- I've been talking about it for long enough. Um, we've been uh, talking about the Tailwind CSS uh, JavaScript components for, I don't know, a long time. And I've been working on them. I hadn't actually pulled stuff out yet into a node module. Um I wasn't really sure what what all would need to be done for that Um, but actually one of the go rails guys Stephen Dolan's been uh, organizing stimawesome.com which is cool little site if you want to see some other stimulus uh, packages he's been organizing a list of those so if you have any that you know of you can submit them there Um, and it's just a cool place to keep track of all this stuff so I posted mine up there as well, but basically the goal is that, you know, Tailwind is awesome. However, it's super slow to work with compared to Bootstrap because you don't have modals, you don't have tabs, you don't have tooltips. you don't have all these basic things. And, you know, that, that takes a lot of time to go build those and you don't want to custom build them every time. So I'm building these very generic ones so that you'll be able to drop in your HTML, add the stimulus controllers, then um, add your like data controller HTML tags for those stimulus controllers, and then you can use whatever classes you want to style your modal with or your tabs or whatever, and you shouldn't have to modify the JavaScript like at all, which would be super cool. Um, so I released three of those so far today. Um tabs drop downs and modals and uh got examples for those and stuff so it'll be cool to see you know people using them and hopefully we can make that into something that uh, is a lot more robust and covers a lot of the the main things and i also want to get some examples too of like you know if you want to add other things that happen um, with maybe opening the modal or the tabs or something. It'd be nice to have some way of inheriting from my stimulus controllers to add in some of your own functionality into that without replacing um, the functionality that mine does or doing it from scratch or whatever. So we're going to need to experiment with some of that. So anyone who's interested in contributing to that, um, you can go check it out. We'll have a link in the notes below uh, the episode. So yeah, I'm excited for that. It's been a while. It's been in the works for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I was I was happy to see it today.
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh, and I had to learn how to create a node module. I haven't done that for a long time.
0: <laughs> Chris yeah. Oliver, Go Rails owner and so, uh what's the word i'm looking for experienced npm maintainer
1: yeah. yeah learning it yeah it's uh it's pretty cool though you know it's not it's not super complicated there's a little bit of weird stuff of like you know it's similar to building a gem but you have to go to find your package.json and there's a lot of extra weird things you need to do in that um and then you know, you're compiling these JavaScript modules that you might want to write ES6 or TypeScript in your JavaScript for development. But then uh, when you release a package, you actually need to build a compiled version of that. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, I guess it's, it's sort of similar to the C extension functionality of a Ruby gem, but you got to do this with, with your JavaScript to make it compatible.
0: Do you like so, run it through Babel when you get ready to release it?
1: Yeah, you run it through Webpack, and so you got to define your Webpack config and all of that stuff. One of the things we need to add is like if we add a JavaScript, uh, uh tooltip thing in here because I don't think we're going to build one from scratch. I think we'll use like Tippy. Um, Tippy we can import, but we also need to import the CSS from it. So we're going to kind of like be a middleman to import Tippy's CSS and then just export it so you can import it from the Tailwind CSS Stimulus Components package. Probably could have picked a shorter name for this, but...
0: No, it's perfect.
1: Oops, I have a typo in the the readme that I need to fix. (laughs) Well, cool. Um, But yeah, it'll be nice to have that. Hopefully more people will contribute to it and uh we'll have a lot more um you know m- components finished at some point I, th- I think it'll be nice if we can get this up to something comparable to what bootstrap has so we're getting there there's a few and there's probably bugs with like modals or a pain in the butt to do uh cross browser so there's probably um some fixes people will need to add for that i've tried to test it as best i can but
0: yeah, dude
1: internet explorer Uh, uh, or anything
0: chromium is about to take over the world do you see microsoft is going to build their next browser with chromium instead of whatever they came up with for edge
1: really that's interesting
0: yeah it's like it's it sparks some debate though because i guess people don't consider safari a browser for some reason uh but everybody's like it's coming down to like like chrome is just going to be like the player like kind of i guess how ie was back in the day uh-huh. Um but I don't know. I use I use my little Safari WebKit browser.
1: You don't use uh links in your terminal just a text only browser?
0: No. Have you This is a weird question. Have you ever just like disabled JavaScript in browsing uh,
1: that? a long time ago, yeah, but I haven't done that in years because well, The internet's not really usable anymore like that.
0: That's the reason I did it. I was like, how broken is my stuff? And it's not horrible, but it is a weird experience without JavaScript.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things where uh, everything kind of relies upon it now. Um, And yeah, it'll be something. It's kind of like, you know, they archive those like Web Archive is archiving like old video games and stuff, you know, and they've got to they gotta have an emulator to archive these old games. And so it'll be something where we may have like a, you know, an old JavaScript emulator that will be like, yeah, you know, this works in the browser back in 50 years ago. And, and, you know, and we'll have like a certain version of JavaScript that you can use to browse certain websites or whatever. It'll be weird.
0: yeah i haven't even thought about that that's wild yeah well cool good catching up talking talking all the ruby things and next week we'll have a guest and
1: yeah and then uh that'll be christmas time Mm. already you can add some you can add some christmas jingle uh music to your your audio clips it'll be all
0: it'll be all christmas movies and Christmas audio. There we go. It'll probably just be uh, like all of the Office Christmas party episodes, just clips from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, we could use quotes from The Office. I love that show,
0: dude. Don't get me started. That's another day. All right, man. Have a good uh, a good week and chat soon.
1: Yeah. All right. Farewell.